This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health, from conception to pregnancy and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, we are so happy to have Joy Burkhardt of 2020 Mom, who has so much passion and drive for maternal mental health. Joy is a founder, executive director, and board chair of 2020 Mom, a nonprofit 501c3 organization formed in 2011 and formerly known as the California Maternal Mental Health Collaborative. Though the nonprofit is still young, 2020 Mom has become well-known for its work, convening, collaborating, and inspiring change in the maternal mental health field. Recognizing doctors alone can't fix the maternal mental health problem, 2020 Mom looks at the common denominators in a woman's life during this time and identifies the best practices in its framework for change called the 2020 Mom Project. Recognizing the shortage of trained providers and training programs, 2020 Mom launched a web-based training program in maternal mental health with sister nonprofit Postpartum Support International in 2013. Joy also founded the National Coalition for Maternal Mental Health in 2013. The National Coalition brings together the leaders of other nonprofits focused on maternal mental health to engage in collective impact. In addition to running the nonprofit, Joy serves as a compliance project manager for Cigna, where she has worked for 19 years. Before founding 2020 Mom, Joy had a rich volunteer life with the Junior League, serving most recently as the Junior League's California State Public Affairs Committee co-chair and was recognized by the Junior League of LA in 2013 with the Founders' Cup given to just four women in 85 years. Joy is a wife and mother of two children, Alex, age seven, and Amelia, six, and lives in Valencia, California. Thank you, Joy. You've done so much. Thank you for being on with us today, and I'm so happy to have you on and hear more about 2020 Mom. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Kat. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's always so fun to hear somebody read back your bio. And <laughs> right. it is more impressive when somebody else reads it. <laughs> You're like, wow, did That's I do great. that? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is quite a lot. And you've kind of come into the field with so much passion and, and energy, um, doing so much in such a short period of time. It's it's really, really pretty amazing. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to this work to found 2020 Mom? Yeah, I um I it's such a fun story. I feel um, you know, really lucky to be on this great path to work on this um cause like so many of us do. But my my story really starts with the junior league. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that in the bio, and I was Running the state public affairs committee here in California with another colleague, and in the in the junior league. For those that don't know about the junior league, um, there's junior leagues across the country and several other countries as well. Um, but generally, younger women that are working uh, to improve the lives of women and children in their communities. So, in the state of California, we had a state public affairs committee that brought together two representatives from the 18 junior leagues in California to look at legislative opportunities. Um, And what would be really fun every year is that we would ask each of our our junior leagues if they had ideas for laws. And so it would be the junior league members that could share ideas and also the nonprofit partners Mm -hmm. that the junior league would work with. And um, it was actually a young junior league member in Los Angeles, her first year, that read an article on a plane ride home after visiting her sister who had just had a new baby. Um, She read an article in Self Magazine and it was um, about an Olympic athlete whose twin sister had tragically taken her own life um, and then her baby's life and then her own life, um, you know, totally unexpected by uh, an amazing close family. Mm. And that that family was the family that eventually ended up founding Jenny's Light, mm-hmm. um, a nonprofit which is, is now based here in California uh, as well. But it was that article that inspired this young junior league member to submit an idea for a law. And she said, you know, this shouldn't happen to any, any family. And at yeah. the very least, could hospitals provide information at discharge to families about signs and symptoms and what to look for in any local treatment resources. That was brilliant and simple. And of course, there were other ideas submitted, but that was the idea that really was unanimously selected by all the junior leagues as something we want to address in the state. And um, the the legislator at the time said, um, I think it should be something more. Um, This is a really good start, but we really need to study what's happening and why aren't women being um, diagnosed and, and receiving treatment? And let's form you know, a commission um, in the Department of Public Health that will do this work. It was at the height of the budget crisis, so mm-hmm. that bill died. And instead, we declared the month of May Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month um, in California you know, on, ongoing. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're so glad to get to work with PSI after that to declare it uh, internationally, the you know, month of May, Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. But that's how my story started. And I, at the time, I just had my own baby, mm-hmm. um, kind of towards the tail end of much of this. And um, I know I was really experiencing, um, Dr. Kat, similar to your story, I've listened to your story, yeah. a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was in the NICU and 
um, as well. And, uh, you know, not, I was not sleeping. I had trouble breastfeeding. So we were stories are very similar and, yeah. and, uh, wasn't sleeping at all. And, um, I think I certainly could have experienced, um, uh, a, a dark depression had my husband not been so helpful. Mm. Um, he was really my rock and I know a lot of women don't have that. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was troubling to me what I experienced and, and had talked to my Right. OBGYN, right, in tears one day, um, mm-hmm. who didn't really seem to think anything was wrong. So uh, I knew there was more that we had to do. Right. Your experience in the junior league and then your own personal experience that came together for you in a way to to make 2020 Mama an, an organization? Yeah, yeah. And I, thanks for that that question, because there were really two other moving parts, which I didn't oh, okay. think that. Um, I had also um, had experience, you know, loss in my own way by losing my little brother to suicide. Um, it was, uh, not, not too long, um, before that time and had also, you read in my bio, uh, was able to have been working at Cigna and it's actually now been 20 years, just this month, um, late turned 20 years. And so, um, that troubled me as well. Like knowing the, how the healthcare system really is complicated and how it works to not be right. able to help my brother in a way that I wanted to. Right. Um, and then to have the knowledge of the healthcare system that, you know, it, it really is so daunting here in America. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I really needed to put that knowledge to use too. So it was really those four circles that brought, brought me to the cause and the language in that resolution that declared the month of May maternal mental health awareness month. Um, there was one sentence that, the, the legislature in California tucked in. And at the very end, they said, we want volunteer organization to form a multi-stakeholder group to address maternal mental health because they heard some really you know, complicated and heart, heart-tugging testimony about loss um, from those that, that came to testify on the original bill. Mm-hmm. And they knew we needed to do something. And even if the state couldn't because of the budget issues, they asked volunteers to do something. And um, that's that's really where 2020 Mom um, came in and where, where my interest and in, in drive um, comes from. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Wow. It's it's just amazing. You never know what's going to happen in your life to lead you down a path. Um, And these series of events that brought you to this work and now this huge impact that you're having, um, at least from my perspective, it's a huge impact. And I, I think that the people that work closely with you know how big of a reach this organization has. Um, can you speak a little bit about what 2020 Mom does or the projects that you're involved in and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start by saying that because the uh, original request from the legislature called out the need to involve multiple stakeholders, rightfully so, right? If it was a simple problem that <laughs> one group could tackle, um, it would have been solved by now. So so they were so wise to say multiple stakeholders, mm-hmm. and that really stuck with me um, from the very beginning. And I felt like I was in a great situation, you know, being in this side of the healthcare world to be able to make some of that happen too. And so our very first set of projects really um, began as, as con- convening um, stakeholders. And mm-hmm. also some of the testimony that was shared um, – during that that first bill hearing in California resonated with me in that um, the term um, emerging considerations came came to me mm-hmm. in that there's just so many new things we need to be thinking about around maternal mental health, like telemedicine and access. Um, one of the, the gentlemen in California here who testified and lost his wife to postpartum psychosis in a really tragic way um, talked about the fact that, you know, if we'd only known she was at greater risk, so she had had prior episodes of depression, mm-hmm. if we only um, knew that sleep was so imperative, you know, maybe we would have decided not to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we, if we'd only had better access to what they really felt was critical because they knew her situation was um, so dire, mm-hmm. he, he and his wife were really interested in um, electroconvulsive therapy, ECT. And for whatever reason, could not, um, even with with him being an attorney and she was a nurse and a pharmaceutical salesperson, like with their knowledge and interest, they couldn't seem to find a way to to get ECT treatment. And those things really resonated with me. And um, Mm -hmm. those were topics, those four kind of four topics that that we talked about at our very first convening. And we held a a forum, a one-day forum at the state capitol in Sacramento and brought together experts um, to share ideas and a lot of great passionate advocates in the state came and that's kind of how we got our started our start and since then we've been doing um, we started doing those twice a year one in LA one in Sacramento but now we just do them in LA mm-hmm. um, those annual forums on emerging considerations um, and and webcast those uh, those events now to multiple sites um, not just in California. So we're really happy to be able to bring content to other, you know, smaller nonprofits or whoever really wants to bring content to their, 
community, um, and we've charged very little to do that. So that's really how we got started. Um, and then I'm, I'm happy to tell you a little bit more about the actual project, 2020 yeah. project to Cat, uh, And that was our, our next big um, kind of signature project. And you had mentioned in my bio that we really had an opportunity, um, and I'll mention the the um, the piece. There's an organization called the National Institutes for Healthcare Management, um, NICM, that did a policy brief, um, taking all of the research that had been done in this space, which all of us that that follow any research know it's very confusing. Yeah, conflicting research, right? More studies needed. Um, different terms are used. So even if you're trying to find something on a very specific topic about, I don't know, let's say low income women and and language barriers or something, there might be, you know, we might use the term maternal mental health or postpartum depression, and we might use perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, like all of these different terms. I think right. our world very um, confusing as well. And and this one document pulled together all of the research through that time. And it was really when when I, um, their brief is really when my, uh, my light bulb started to go off. And I mm. felt like I was grounded in really like, you know, what, is the problem and why are women not being screened? Um, And so that's when we, we really did come to learn that it is so much more complicated than, than simply asking providers to screen universal screening, which I think, you know, many of us had been, been doing. Um, And so we, we started to look at what are the other common denominators in a woman's life? And we recognize that in 99% of women, deliver in a hospital and that the hospital can really play a powerful role. Um, and that, and that most and more than ever because of the affordable care act, right, have insurance. And of course I could see that there were a lot of opportunities insurers could, um, could take. And so what we've done since then, we, we launched that as the 2020 mom project, Mm -hmm. which, um, looked to essentially accredit or give like a seal of approval to hospitals and, insurers that were doing certain simple, easy action steps. And we've changed the project since to be more like a listing of all of the best practices. And um, it, there's what we call a whole mom survey on our website. Um, and these tools can be used by insurers and hospitals to do a self-assessment on what are we already doing? What could we do do better? You know, which most aren't doing a lot. Um, but to, to have a one centralized place for hospitals and insurers to, to go to mm-hmm. um, for uh, ideas around how they can make an impact. And that's why we changed our name, too. People started calling us 2020 Mom, and, um, and we changed our name uh, la- last year, yeah. early last year, to 2020 Mom, um, and because we're not limited to, to California any longer, so... About the the 2020 mom project specific, uh, I'm thinking about the other providers or hospitals or insurers who are listening. Um, how would they be able to get involved? Would they be able to contact you directly? Is this something like you said that they can go to the website and look up? Uh, because I think this is really important that that this be really really tangible for people that they can reach out to you guys and understand how to make their hospital more mom friendly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the information is on our website. What we've found really is working best is that there, you know, there there there's a champion, right, in a hospital who knows that that they need to do something um, more and and that that's how people have found us. We were initially really trying to outreach hospitals and um, kind of push 
promotion of this and just found that it wasn't um, a great use of our time, that we were better, better, time better spent if we um, waited for people that were really ready to tackle the cause and had an internal champion. Mm-hmm. And so they can, they can find this information on our website. We um, generally hear from the hospitals um, and, and insurers. Right now we're working with Aetna. Um, Better Health in Illinois is uh, one one organization that we're working with on the insurer side. Um, and we, we've been providing technical assistance at no charge. So uh, insurers and hospitals can call us and say, you know, we're, how do we do this? You know, what, where have you heard that this is actually working? Mm-hmm. And we do have other resources like that on the website, but we're, you know, definitely here to provide um, some one-on-one guidance to the champions about, you know, what we've seen that's worked at other hospitals. And it's very much, all of this is very much in, in the infancy state, yeah. of course, but um, we really hope to see much of this grow. And we'd love to see uh, the accrediting bodies like NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance, that, mm-hmm. that accredits uh, insurance companies to take on these measures eventually, right? That this is yeah. really should be a stopgap. We want to see these things um, being looked at by the existing quality organizations. So that's our ultimate goal. Fantastic. I mean, this is so, so, so needed. And I, th- I think 2020 Mom fills in a lot of gaps. Getting things from ideas to being done is really powerful. I think that's where you guys, I mean, you do a lot so well, but this is really actionable stuff. Things that the the how to, the let's do this part, um, going from, oh, well, that would be nice to, okay, now we're doing it, is uh, seems to be a big part of how you help maternal mental health issues get addressed. Well, thank you for that. That that's our hope, of course, and it's um, very, very. Um, it's not easy work, and again, it really no. requires like those that are interested in the field to to know we're here, um, and we do appreciate so much the advocates that are in this space that let their own hospitals or insurers, you know, if they've got a friend that works at an insurance company who may have suffered, or you know, th- this mm-hmm. is how it all works, word of mouth. So right. Yeah. And so you mentioned you're working on a project in Illinois. And uh, and then I, so I want to bring uh, the attention to the national work that you're doing and the National Coalition for Maternal Mental Health. Can you explain what that is? I think being somewhat newcomers to the space compared to some of the other nonprofits um, that have been doing this work for much longer, um, you had a great opportunity to get to know some of the nonprofits one-on-one, mm-hmm. including, you know, Wendy Davis, the amazing executive director at PSI, who I adore, um, and Catherine Stone at Postpartum Progress, who, who's got so much passion and drive and, mm-hmm. and determination um, and as such an amazing following of, of women because of yeah. the work on the blog. And Mother Woman in Massachusetts, whose passion really lies with, you know, providing support through peers and support groups and um, also doing great community work in, in uh, Massachusetts, those, those groups. And then many, you know, other advocates, we had a chance to really get to know, I had an interest in starting to engage um, national stakeholders like the March of Dimes and Mm -hmm. um, the NIMH, the National Institutes for Mental Health are a couple of examples. Um, ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, we were, talking with, um, and we, um, we held what we call a stakeholder meeting. So we were doing this early on too, um, not a forum where we bring content, but just an opportunity to bring all of the stakeholders that we believe should, should hear the latest about maternal mental health to the table and give them a chance to talk about what's happening in their world and 
just plant some seeds. Um, and we did these stakeholder meetings in California and one in D.C. And we had invited these um, these great players in the nonprofit space to join us on that call. Um, and it really, I think, um, took us to the next level. We, we met in D.C. and we had ACOG and we had the LeapFrog group that does hospital quality um, work and we had uh, the Joint Commission that does hospital accreditation, uh, you know, quality management work at the table and, and several others. Um, interestingly, it was the day that the first day that the government shut down on a federal level oh, in boy. 2013 and also the day before Miriam Carey had um, dr- driven her car into the pillars at the White House. And so it was just a fascinating time to be there and to be focusing on what we were doing. But that really started this work. We thought, let's continue to do this and engage stakeholders. We all want to, you know, hear from these folks and be engaged. Let's do it together collectively. And um, also at the same time, there was a junior league that had um, really picked up the cause, the Junior League of San Francisco out here in California, that wanted to create a social media campaign for May, um, for the month of May. And we decided, boy, it could be very powerful if we all got behind one uniform campaign. Um, let's do this together. And that's really what propelled us to form and you know have this official project um, and group of, of members meet pretty regularly, um, those two causes. And now we are also engaged in federal advocacy. Um, yeah. Folks may know there's a lot happening um, that we have this amazing volunteer advocacy chair that uh, Jamie Belsito that's leading the work uh, who people have just fallen in love with she's amazing her passion (laughs) yes and great sense of humor Um, there's no better person to be doing that work she serves as our advocacy chair now Um, we really would love to have um, listeners if they want to follow what's happening at a federal level um, to log on to the national coalition website Um, and I can share that really quickly it's uh, It's MMH, Maternal Mental Health Coalition.com, MMHCoalition.com, and you can find the latest. Just yesterday, um, some of the the legislation was folded into a larger mental health bill, so things are going to be changing, um, and uh, that's where you can find the latest information about how to get involved. We also had our first lobby day um, this May, and Mm -hmm. great uh, representatives from all of the member organizations and others who've had loss um, came and shared their stories and met with their, their Congress members and and state senators. And it was, um, it was phenomenal. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. 
With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. A, a lot of what I think that you've been describing, um, oh, at least a lot of what I'm hearing, is that oh, this change is made because of personal stories. People who have experienced, people who have someone close to them who've experienced a maternal mental health issue or a loss. Um, and really is being driven by people who have experience. This isn't like some other organization just plopping down and saying, hmm, this sounds interesting. I'm going to work on this. This is really passion-driven. It's experience-driven. And the work that you guys are doing it is so powerful because of that. It's, it's not secondhand anything. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that so beautifully, um, it is. It's 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 about relationship building, and to build a relationship, you have to have a, a story that touches the other person. Mm -hmm. And the advocates that are doing this work have had, you know, a, a many just significant loss, and we can't let their stories not be heard. And it is what's what's driving the change from a policy perspective, in particular. But really, you know, hospitals, we know hospitals and insurers, doctors themselves, like start screening and figuring this stuff out when they have experienced a loss of a patient or, you know, something significant that they yeah. were not prepared for. It really, um, it really is what's driving change. Part of the benefit of, you know, oh, a lot of the work that you're doing is that people don't have to experience something like this in order to get involved. Like for those people who are listening right now, whether they are experiencing something themselves or not, I hope that they're really understanding how important this is. And that you provide an avenue as well as other organizations for getting involved and, you know, with the 2020 Mom uh, platform and project and all of the things that you're working on. How how can people get involved and be as motivated as yeah. you guys are? Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I'm, it's so true that you don't have to have experienced a, a loss yourself to be a great advocate. But what we've found is that everybody knows somebody who has suffered and can mm -hmm. tell a story um, I was just having lunch yesterday with, with someone who, who had a friend from high school take her life. Mm -hmm. And then, and then also a friend, a closer friend that just suffered from postpartum depression. And it really is, it's those stories and, and all of us being willing to, to open up and tell our stories, which is uh, yeah. hard to do. We know it's really hard to do right when, when yep. we're living it, but later when we heal. So, um, so important. And, and I, I'm guessing many of the folks that are listening to the podcast today, um, you know, are at that place. And yeah. the best thing to do is to um, sign up. We actually have an e-newsletter on the 2020 Mom um, website, and we list opportunities both for the National Coalition 
and um, 2020 mom to get engaged. And there's really a, a little something I think for everyone. We've also just launched a, a new volunteer program through 2020 mom that I think a lot of people will find um, really a, a nice thing to do to make a difference in their own community, um, mm-hmm. which involves hosting a diaper drive. Um, we we um, learned of this great idea. I can't take any credit for it from another advocate actually out in your space, um, Kat, um, uh, at the Wiley Center, and that, you know, there's such a diaper need, um, and, uh, and there's research that shows, you know, in low-income populations that if mothers um, can't properly, you know, diaper their children um, because of lack of supply, right, we know that um, that most states nationally, I think there's one or two that may now cover um, diapers through state programs like WIC or, you know, the, the state food stamp program, which we're not usually calling them food stamp programs anymore, but, mm-hmm. but a couple states are doing that, but most don't. So there's just really no support um, for that. And so imagine, right, not being able to keep your baby clean and, and dry um, causes yeah. the baby more distress and pain, right? Diaper rash, and it causes the family more distress and pain. So we've, yeah. um, we've launched two years ago, diaper drives in our own community and, um, and in various communities now in California and, and, um, just found that it's such a great way to give moms who are so busy, all of us juggling so many things, an opportunity to raise awareness about maternal mental health disorders, Mm -hmm. um, and also collect diapers and give it, give them back to a community organization in their own neighborhood. Um, that's a neat, so great way to, to get, um, involved. We're also launching, walking teams at March of Dimes walks. Um, and it's a way to, to have, uh, uh, raise awareness, um, and also have folks, you know, give back into their local community. Uh, this year we partnered for the first time to do this with um, another sister nonprofit maternal mental health now. And we passed out balloons that list the, you know, what, up to one in seven or up to one in five women will suffer from a maternal mental health disorder and postpartum support internationals, warm line on the balloons and then um, tied palm cards or just awareness cards to the strings. Mm-hmm. And then all of our kids passed them out to the kids on the walk. And it was lovely to see balloons all through the walk tied on strollers. Yeah. And I felt like it was just one of the most impactful things we've done to raise awareness. And we want to expand the walking teams to raise money for our cause too. And we'll share the funds with the March of Dimes. So um, we're excited about those two new opportunities for folks next year. That's so good. I I love that all of the projects that you do are so collaborative and inclusive. And it's really, it's not just about 2020 moms standing alone and doing doing stuff, although you do have projects that are solely yours, but it's about collaboration and engagement and really getting everybody on the same, you know, uh, doing things together. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's been, um, just been fun. And, you know, I think I've just been so lucky to get to meet all these amazing people and you just can't help, but (laughs) see where, where we should be collaborating when we know, um, we also know the, the niches, right? Like we all have our own niche and we need all of these, these players, um, to be doing what they're doing and we no one organization can do it all. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, orga- there's organizations that have been around a long time, like PSI who are really doing great work. And I think will always kind of serve as the mothership. Um, uh-huh. but there are great gaps that are being filled by, um, 
you know, by some of the, the other organizations as well. And we can come together when it, when, when it makes sense to do so um, and raise collective impact. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. So before we wrap up for today, are there other things that we should be sure to mention or anything we forgot to mention about the work that you're doing? There is one more thing. So I just love all your questions. Um, I didn't mention one of the other um, projects that, that the 2020 Mom Organization um, has had an opportunity to go back and do. I knew when we heard um, that the original legislator thought that the idea right needed to be much bigger than um, providing information at discharge. Yeah. He said we really need to run a commission. Um, I knew we would need to get back to that, and the state's still not been in a good shape in terms of um, state budget. So we actually were able to, um, and and this is a great thing that all states can do, and you know, leaders and advocates in other states could do too, and really help plant the seeds um, in in leaders that need to hear about maternal mental health in their own communities. But we we drafted a resolution in the state a couple years ago that said. Um, we want, the, the legislature wants an organization like 2020 Mom to form a commission. It can be privately funded. And so we took that resolution once it passed um, the, the legislature. We took that resolution to two funders, um, the California Endowment and the California Healthcare Foundation, mm-hmm. who funded um, a commission to run for a full year in California, exactly what we had hoped the state would have done um, you know, years ago. Um, and brought together about 20 um, uh, stakeholders to talk about maternal mental health and really to learn about maternal mental health. And for me, um, even though there will be a white paper that will be issued um, later this fall uh, that that lists the learning, for me, um, that's important, but it's even more important that we have educated those those amazing stakeholders that are leaders doing great work in public health and hospital quality um, just state agencies, um, they have wide impact. California is a great place to do healthcare, um, work. And the fact that they now understand and have been touched by the stories they have heard and will always be champions to me is uh, been one of the most remarkable things that we could have done in this space. And that paper, as I mentioned, will come out, we'll do a webinar, um, for anyone outside of California, inside of California, um, to unveil, the, the recommendations and officially introduce the paper. And then we'll, we'll um, do the same kind of work with the legislature in February uh, to start look at looking uh, more closely at legislative opportunities. So you can follow us there as well. I think some great, exciting work is going to happen because of this commission. That's fantastic. Oh, all of the stuff you're doing, it's so good. So, so good. Part of the reason why I think it's so important to have people like you uh, interviewed for this show is that especially when moms are feeling like, I'm so alone. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Who's doing anything about this? You are. You're doing something about it. And there are other really, really great organizations that are also doing something about it. And I think this is another way for moms to feel like they're not alone. Okay, I hear there's a commission. There's this national thing. There's this local thing. Great. Awesome. And and like you said, maybe when some moms, when they're feeling better and they feel like um, and impassioned and empowered, um, also want to be involved. Well, here you are, you're, you're going and it's a really great way for moms to one, know that they're not alone, see that there are people doing something about this and then to get involved themselves. So cool. Yeah. Thank you. It, it, it is great. And, um, 
I love hearing you say it so eloquently. You give me goosebumps hearing oh, you say that. Oh, good. <laughs> good. We, we, that's that's all around. That's our dream to have have moms be able to share their story in a powerful way that will actually, you know, make make a difference. Um, that's yeah. what we're hoping to do. Yes. Great. Okay, fantastic. So then I want to be sure to tell m- people where to find you, providers and mothers and insurers and hospitals and really anybody uh, who wants to know more and be involved can go to 2020mom.org or follow you on Twitter at 2020mompproject or on Facebook at the same. Uh, and, and there's information there on how to reach out to you and how to stay connected to the organization as well. Yep. And people can also find information about the National Coalition on our 2020 Mom website yeah. or our projects tab. It'll take you to the website. Um, we're in the process of changing our Twitter and Facebook um, names for, for the National Coalition. So they match the name oh, of the organization. So I'm not even going to say what those are because they're changing. Um, but you can find us and follow us that way um, for the National Coalition work as well. Great. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for the impact that you're having and for coming and sharing all of this with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kat. It's a pleasure and uh, can't wait to hear from some of your listeners. By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom and Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com, where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.